Psalms chapter number 16, verse number 11. It's an oft-quoted verse that tells us that in his presence that there is fullness of joy. And so there are a lot of people in life that are in pursuit of success. They're in pursuit of many different things. Many young people are in pursuit of a better job, that first home. And many, as you ought to be, are in pursuit of that wife or that young man, and um, as you should be. But it is a pursuit that will identify an individual. What is your pursuit in life? Jesus, coming through Jericho, found himself the object of interest as a blind man heard a crowd screaming. He had just come through uh, disciples who had found themselves trying to identify where they would fit into the, the big picture. Where do we fit? Where's our place in the kingdom? And one of the biggest distractions from finding the presence of God that I've ever found is when I came and I was trying to find out where I fit. Well, I wish somebody be real. And one of the biggest distractions as, as the disciples were following Jesus, it's in a moment here where they began to be distracted. And they were distracted by who's going to be the greatest and who's going to be participating in the greatest. And, and I just want to tell you that, that we're non-exempt from the uh, onslaught of the enemy that will try to distract us from trying to, let me just be real, find a pecking order in the church. Well, and if you're not careful when, when you've got uh, Sunday school teachers and you've got young people and you've got young men and you've got young ladies and everybody's wanting to do something for God and, and that's a good thing. Don't you love living for the Lord? Isn't it a great thing living for the Lord? It's a great thing coming to church and it's a great thing praying and it's a great thing feeling the presence of God but if we're not careful there, there's a carnal side to us that, that wants to get involved in the spiritual side of what we're doing and try to identify who it is and when the well can I just be real with you I just want to talk to you but but there's a there's a there's a spirit that will get a hold of us that that while the, the man of God is working and while the man of God is preaching and while he's trying to, to to find the direction for your life all of a sudden you're trying to find the direction for your life and you're trying to find where you fit in and and if you're not careful you begin to watch him as he selects one it appears as though he's doing in the selection process. I wish I wish you'd ha let me just talk to you right now. You, we don't ever get too old to, to fit into a category. We're never too young to, to find and try to find and, and we're always trying to buy and where do we fit in and how do we fit in and if he uses that man tonight and then we could get offended if he doesn't use us the next night and, and why did he use that young man to clean his car and he didn't use me to clean his car and, and that man gets to do this well hallelujah 
Am I preaching to you right now? Somebody needs to hear me. That's not what you need to be focusing on right now. Not who's teaching Sunday school. Not who's involved in the youth and and who's going to lead the choir and who's going to sing the special on that song and who's going to put that banner up and who's going to do that media graphic. That's not what we need to be focusing in on. What we need to be focusing in on. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. I come to church with some things that I don't want to leave with. I came with some burdens that I don't want to leave with. I came with some struggles that I don't want to leave with. I got some real issues and I got some real battles and today I don't need to be wondering about who's going to be on the right or who's going to be on the left. Uh, You may be seated. I want to help you this evening. And man, if you're not careful, well, this never happens in this. I know this is the best church in the world. What can I say? Y'all never have to deal with this stuff. Man, who's going to get to put the banner up? Hey, man, who's going to get to do this? And who's going to get to do that? Man, all the while, Jesus is on his way to Calvary. All the while, Jesus has set his face. All the while, he came for one purpose, to seek and to save that which was lost. But oh, hallelujah, I'm glad that he didn't just tell him you can't have it. He said, but there is, there is a place that has been preserved. There, there is a place that has been made and somebody's going to find that place. And God, I just want to be the one that's closest to you, Lord. I just want to be the one. It's not about the right and the left setting, but I want to be what's closest to your heart, God. I want to be in your presence and I'm in pursuit of your presence and I'm trying to find the will of God for my life. I'm trying to find direction for my life and oh but God come on young people I I want you to understand that the best thing about living for God is getting into his presence every single day every morning getting into his presence every time you come to the house of God getting face to face with God and getting beyond all the obstacles and and getting beyond all the struggles somewhere there's got to be a blind Bartimaeus that says I don't care what my family's doing I don't care what my mother and father's doing I don't care how they embarrass me I don't care what my family's doing. I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I came to church with some needs, God. Have mercy on me, God. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God wants to give us a great revival. I believe God wants to give us a great harvest. I believe God wants to equip this generation to be some of the greatest preachers and some of the greatest saints. I really believe it with everything with in me but I just want to ask you are you going to be willing to step outside of the boundaries and step outside of the position seeking generation and say God I want your presence he cried out Jesus Jesus, thou son of David. And somebody said, be of good comfort. He's calling for you. 
God is the one that has the ability to call you when you're willing to call out to him. Hallelujah. I believe if you've got a desire to serve God and you've got a desire to be used in the kingdom of God, I believe God knows right where you are and you don't have to worry about all the position seeking in life, but you can say, God, here I am and I'm going to be available when you need me. I'm going to be available when you need to use somebody. If it's in worship, I'm going to be the first one to worship. If it's in dedication and consecration, I'm going to be the first one, God. I want you, God, first of all, to know where I'm at. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And I just want to tell you, to get into the presence of the Lord, you've got to be willing to leave the lingering of the past behind. You got to be willing to lay those things that have identified you. And it's not always easy getting rid of the identity and getting rid of the excuses that you've held on to in the past. Somewhere you got to be willing to break through every excuse. You got to be able to break through every reason why that you're still sitting where you're sitting. And you got to be willing to say no more excuses and no more reasons. When I'm in the presence of God, I'm in the presence of Jesus. And he has the ability to do anything anything and he has the ability to do everything he's the reason why I can leave free I can leave with a vision I can leave with a purpose I can leave with God directing my life the excuses we leave behind and the Bible says and immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way I've made up my mind that regardless of what others will do in life, that I will pursue him at all cost. It has a cost to follow him. It's minute in its true expense, but for you it may cost you everything. The blind man casting aside garment, laying aside his identity that would garnish him sympathy, that would garnish him finances, that would bring to him some type of security in life. And I want to say to each and every one of us, do not allow your weakness, your handicap, your struggle to become your identity for not being everything that you ought to be in God refused to allow the enemy to get involved in your life and to work at you and to war at you and say you're not the pastor's favorite you're not the brethren's favorite do you for one moment think that David was chosen because he was the favorite I'll tell you he wasn't chosen because he was a favorite when that blind man started screaming, Jesus, thou son of David, can you see Jesus stand real still and said, hey, you just mentioned a name that I'm familiar with. I know who that boy is. It's been a thousand years, but I hadn't forgot how he loved was within him. I hadn't forgot how he danced when nobody else was looking. I hadn't forgot how he loved the sheep when nobody else was looking. I hadn't forgot how he loved me and he wrote songs and he craved me when nobody else was looking. Yeah. 
Yeah, David wasn't chosen because he was the father's favorite. Quite the contrary. The first one came along. And as he stands before him, Samuel says, surely this is a favor of the Lord. And all of a sudden the Lord says, Samuel, don't you look on his countenance and don't you look at his statue and don't you look at his size because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something deep down on the inside of him that you can't see with the naked eye and you can't see with the physical sight. There's something greater going on on the inside. I'm looking for a man who's after my heart. I'm looking for somebody that's in pursuit of me. I'm not looking for somebody that stands the tallest. I'm not looking for somebody that looks the greatest or stands with his great statue in mind. I'm looking for somebody that I can pour my anointing on. I'm looking for somebody who will yield their life, who will give their life for the sheep. I'm looking for somebody who will face a lion when nobody else is looking. I'm looking for somebody that will fight a bear when nobody else is looking. I want somebody that's got it in their heart. Not the first, not the second. Hey, Daddy, surely it'll be me. No, 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 not third. Somebody needs to hear me. Not fourth, not fifth, not sixth. He wasn't seventh runner-up. He wasn't even in the picture of the Father. Somebody here may be thinking, hey, you don't even know I'm around. You don't even know I'm on a pew. And the enemy, hey, I want to tell you, you just keep doing what daddy told you to do. He knows where to find you. When the king comes calling and when the prophet comes calling, if you'll be where the father put you, he'll know where to come get you. When the Lord says, I'm going to put my anointing on that boy. Daddy, he may not be your favorite, but he's still obedient, and I can use him in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You may not be your father's favorite in the natural, but I want to tell you, you can be supernatural in the spirit of God, and God can use you, and your mother may not be, you may not be the favorite, but you don't have to be favorite. You got to be God's boy. You got to be God's man. You got to be God's kid. David I'm, 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 I'm in pursuit of God <laughs> I'm in pursuit of him not chosen because he was a favorite not even chosen because he was famous sure he killed lions and bears and eventually he'd kill a giant but before he ever did any of that he was standing in the field somewhere loving his Savior, loving his God in pursuit of the presence of the Lord. The reason why he was chosen was not because of his beauty, not because of his ability to speak, and neither was he Rejected because of his lackability to speak. Moses, 
Jeremiah, great orators and those who were not so great, but God in the midst of watching their lives decides upon whom he calls and those he chooses and puts a burning desire on the inside of their heart and he equips them with an anointing and calls them and chooses them and and puts that anointing in their life and not because brother David had the most sheep as a matter of fact his father found him not just when he needed an anointing but the time came that God wanted to use him to bring some bread I wish I had some bread and, and he wanted to bring some cheeses and things to his brethren and David gets down and he gets to his brethren and David's not there because he invited himself to the party David's not there because he thought he was a hot shot and David wasn't there to kill a giant You know why David was there? David was there because his daddy said, come here, boy. I need to use you. Come here. Hey, you've been keeping sheep today. Good job. What were you doing yesterday? Keeping sheep, huh? Yeah, what were you doing the day before? Keeping sheep. Yeah, that's what you've been doing, huh? Well, I want to tell you, if you love them sheep and you'll obey the Father, you'll never know how the anointing will come upon your life. That's what the Father's looking for is will you be available. That's why God chose the young man David was because he was available. That's why God chose him. I want to tell every young man in this building, make yourself available. Every young lady, make yourself available for the hand of God. And watch what God will do. It may be in the middle of a service just like right now that God will put his hand on on your life and call you and use you for the kingdom but I promise you you won't make yourself available that God won't make himself available to you hey Dave here's just some bread take it to your brothers here's some cheese take it to your brothers you may be seated David comes down he's got his bread and he's got his cheese and he tells his brothers here's some food if you're ever going to do anything for God Be ready for your motives to be questioned by your brethren. I said, if you're ever going to do anything for God, be ready for your motives to be questioned by your brethren. But let me tell you, be ready for God to reveal your motives as well. While your brethren are saying, we know the naughtiness of thine heart and we know why you came down here. You're just like a good scrap. Seemed like they'd heard about the lion before. Seemed like they'd heard about the bear before. But what my real question is, is were they angry because they weren't selected the day the anointing fell on them. And there stood seven brethren watching little David with the oil cascading down his face and chin and body. Not because he asked it, but because God was looking for a man who had a heart 
like his heart. I know that verse that talks about he's a, he's a man after God's own heart, pursuing God. I'd like to use it like that too. Can I take it just a little different direction here just a moment? Maybe the Lord was saying his heart's like my heart. And I've been watching him, how he handles those sheep. And on the other hand, he had a saw, and he was watching how Saul handled his donkeys. And so he said, I'm going to let Saul handle his donkeys, and I got a rebellious Israel, and so they need a mule skinner, and they need a donkey driver, so I'll make them a donkey driver king. Because they're rebellious, and that's what they want, and I'll give them that kind of a leader if they want it. But he's watching David. And the Bible says one of the beautiful parts, I love it. The Bible says that he took David from out from behind, following the ewes. Great. (laughs) With that kid goat, with that lamb. Got my interest up because most shepherds lead from the front. And that's a great example. But when the lambing time comes and the babies are following, you'll hear about it when Jacob said to Esau, you go on, but I can't overdrive these babies one day because if I overdrive the babies one day, they'll die. One sermon overdriven to kill the baby. One new convert we overdrive will kill the baby. And so Jacob said, we'll go on softly. And that's what he was in reference to, that that lamb in a time of birthing that she's most susceptible to a lion or she's most susceptible to an adversary. And so David had it in his heart and he would walk behind them and he would be sure that there would be no enemy and there would be no foe that could come against him. God, I'm praying that you would give us a generation of lovers of sheep. Give us a generation of men that'll love sheep, that'll love the newborn babies, that'll protect the newborn babe. Hallelujah. Well, let me just say it. We don't need to be doing all the, well, hallelujah. We don't need to be, we don't need to let an enemy come against our newborn babe there ought to be a spirit rise up on the inside of us hey that rebellious spirit's not going to be the one that fellowships with the newborn baby I'm going to be the one that's protecting I'm going to be the one that's praying I'm going to be the one that says hey not on your life we're not giving up newborn babes around here and so because he was willing and he was pursuing and he was available for service Last but not least, he was willing to fight. Not because he loved the fight, but he hated an enemy that would ridicule the children of God. Not chosen because of all the obvious victories that David succeeded in in life. But the reason why David was chosen, I believe, is found in Psalms chapter number 16. When he says, in his presence... There is fullness of joy. 
That fullness means it's, it's overflowing in his presence, in his, uh, that word actually means in his face. When you get close enough to see his face and you come into his presence, then he said in that moment when you get close to his face, there is fullness of, and the root word of that word is sweet singing. Sweet singing. So in the presence of the Lord, when you get close enough to his face, there's going to be a sweet song that begins to erupt. And I believe that that was the reason why David was chosen above all of his brethren was because he had the passion and he had the desire. And he never allowed his calling to become his motivation. And he never allowed his appointment to become his motivation. He had never allowed his position to be what drove him. And it wasn't the favor of brethren accepting or rejecting him that motivated him. But it was that burning passion for the presence of God. Even later on in life when he would fall and make one horrible mistake. And another horrible mistake. Murder and, and adultery and the process went on. It was then that he would begin to write a psalm later on and he would say, against thee and thee only have I done this great sin. He never lost sight of his shepherd. There was something burning down deep inside of his heart. He never lost sight. I just want to tell you that I've been in the presence of the Lord and I've found something that's worth staying for. I've found the presence of the Lord when everything was against me, but it was the presence of the Lord that would carry me through the ridicule, through the rejection, through the disappointments, through all the backsliding and through all the letdowns. There was something that would keep me and it was the presence of God. And I want to tell somebody in this building you just let God put his anointing on your life and you don't have to worry about tomorrow and you won't have to worry about where I'm at and what's going on in my life just let me be in the presence of God and when he needs me I will be available and I believe that that was the reason why David could say the Lord is my Shepherd, I believe it was the shepherd's heart on the inside of David that attracted God so much. The shepherd's heart to shepherding the people. A calling not of killing lions and bears, but a calling of leading the people of God. David would write, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me, he leadeth me. The list goes on throughout that 23rd chapter. And as he would begin to write about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. As a little girl preacher was preaching on one occasion and the preacher was coming to a close in his Bible lesson. He said, is there anyone here that can quote Psalms 23? And there was a little four-year-old girl raised her hand and she said, I can quote it. 
preacher being skeptical said, are you sure? She said, sure, I, I can do it. So he looked for the approval of the parents. And the parents says, yeah, she can, she can quote Psalms chapter number 23. So they, she came up on stairs and platform and handed the mic to her. And she started quoting Psalms 23. She quoted it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, and he's all that I want. And she went and sat down. Yes, she didn't quote it quite like it was written. But I want to ask you, is he all that you want? What are we in pursuit of? Let us stand across the building. Isaiah writing of a shepherd that would come. That he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Isaiah 40 and 11. Psalm 77 and 2 says that he would lead his people like a flock. By the hand of Moses and Aaron. And he brought his people like a flock out of Egypt. A heart for the shepherd, I believe, is what will give us a heart for the sheep. A heart for the sheep. And as the shepherd has loved us, I do believe that the Lord is asking us to love others. And I believe that serving the Lord is about serving the Lord with all of our heart. not always about being able to identify where you are, what you'll be tomorrow but I believe that somewhere in the hand of the Lord has got to be in our life to an extent that we trust Him and we say not our will Lord but your will be done may not always be able to touch tomorrow you may not even be able to touch tonight disappointment may loom on every hand but I want to tell you there's a great big God that if he set his hand on your life you won't have to worry he knows exactly where he's taking you after his heart he's looking for somebody that's after his heart scripture says that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is our reasonable service but we come open to the Lord and we say God you are able to examine every portion of my life I keep none of it hid one of those words in there is living sacrifice that means a pascal lamb living sacrifice living sacrifice where I'm not my own that Pascal lamb was chosen and he was tied up and he was set aside for 14 days he wasn't chosen because he was a dirty lamb 
He wasn't chosen because he was imperfect. He wasn't chosen because he had a problem, but he was chosen because he was a perfect lamb. But in all of his perfection, he was tied and he was separated and he was set apart. He was examined. And what I want to say in this building right now is while you're going through your examination process, don't get discouraged. That lamb was living, but he was a dead lamb. He was a living dead lamb. He was a living sacrifice. And so he was examined at home, but they didn't stop there. They took the little lamb and they took it to church. And then the priest got a hold of him. And then the priest would go over him. And then the priest would examine him. And then the next process he would go to is to the altar. And the priest would slit his throat. And now his very insides lay opened on the altar, open to all. That's what preaching does to us. It, it brings a response out of us. We can't help it. And what's in us when the preaching comes? We was, I don't really think that's necessary. It's an imperfect sacrifice. I really don't think that's the way it has to be. It's an imperfect sacrifice. But that's why it's got to be preached to. And, and the Word has got to expose every part of that living sacrifice. The preaching is there to pull out the Word, the life, the innards of a person. It goes from the altar... You say, but God, I'm not perfect, and none of us are. And if you only knew what was raging on the inside, how could you ever think that God would ever choose me, use me, or allow me to fight with a cause? No, surely not. But I want to tell you, there's a God who can go to that altar with you. That lamb is laid open. And guess what? Believe it or not, there's no flesh that ever makes it past the altar. There's only one thing that makes it past that altar. It's the blood. The blood is taken and dipped and sprinkled. Because it's going, it's going into a sacred place. It's going into the presence of the Lord. But no flesh can make it past that altar. I want us to pray right now. I'm believing the Lord wants somebody to put yourself on that altar tonight. And as that lamb is down before her shears, dumb, dumb, are you willing to lay yourself open before the Lord? Say, Lord, in my imperfection, I want to present my body here tonight on the altar. I'll give my life to you, Lord, fully, totally. 
not in pursuit of position, not in pursuit of place, not right or left hand, but for the sole purpose of being called and chosen of God. These altars are open for the next few moments, but I believe the Lord is bringing a selective hand into this building. I love you and I appreciate you letting me preach to you this evening. I've given my heart. David wasn't chosen because he had a lot of sheep, but I read where he said, where did you leave those few sheep? I want to tell you, God's not looking at you because you got a lot. God's not judging you because of a lot. He just wants to know how available you are. And I want to ask you this evening, how available are you to the anointing of the Lord? I divided you up at the beginning of this service. And I said, you'll be a part of the position seekers in the crowd. Or you'll be the blind Bartimaeus that said, I just want to follow you. Now I want to ask you, where are you in this building right now? Next few moments, would you cry out to the Lord? Would you seek the Lord and say, God, I need you? There's some things I need to let go of, Lord, that's holding me. I'm not just talking to some young people in this building. I'm talking to some young married couples here. God wants to talk to you. God's wanting to speak to you. You're going to need to be careful that that spirit of bitterness doesn't get in your heart. I'm trying to be careful. I love every one of you and I love my friends. I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost there's somebody here that's you, you, you're struggling with how others are being used and I'm telling you it's going to stop the flow it's going to stop the anointing in your life I made a mistake but surely he can use me I want to tell you please, 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 please just, just, just love God Hallelujah. I want you to pray with your neighbor right now. We need to, I need you to please help me pray right now. I'm, I, I'm not saying.